Hey, and welcome to Tending Lambs. I'm Katie. And I'm Abby. And we are so excited to be starting this podcast to better share the joy and peace of Jesus Christ through gentle parenting. To kick off our podcast, we are going to introduce ourselves and give a little foundation of what gentle parenting is and why we find it to be the actual biblical way to parent. So, um, Abby, why don't we start with you? So I'm Abby. Uh, I am originally from Western North Carolina, uh, but I currently live in Florida uh, with my husband, Abe, and stay home with my daughter, Evelyn. Um, Abe is a jazz and guitar professor at a local college, um, and we are amateur house fixer-uppers, and I recently got into gardening and love reading and uh, researching gentle parenting and all that good stuff. Awesome. And how did you come to embrace gentle parenting? Uh, it started a few years ago. I really got interested in child development um, and kind of just took off from there because um, like child brain development and stuff goes hand in hand with gentle parenting so often. Uh, and then, of course, when I got pregnant with my daughter, uh, Abe and I started having some more serious conversations about parenting and how we wanted to do it. Uh, and neither of us really felt comfortable with kind of mainstream evangelical parenting philosophy. We noticed that a lot of it talks about getting to the heart of your child, but the methodology just does not seem to line up with that end. It seems very much so like behavioral modification and things like that. So once we discovered gentle parenting, it made a lot of sense to us and uh, just never looked back since then. Nice. Keep on going. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, so I'm Katie, and I was born and raised about an hour east of Atlanta. Um, lived there for most of my life until I was about 25, actually. And then that's when I moved to the Netherlands to be with my husband, who I met on Facebook. Um, and it was kind of a wild ride uh, to the surprise of both of our families. But thankfully, it has turned out really well. And yeah, his family loves me and my family loves him. So it's, it's really great. Um, then I came here in 2015 to the Netherlands. And it was a pretty tough transition, actually. Um, moving countries. If there's anyone in the audience who has done that before, um, yeah, you know that it's really not easy. So um, it was a tough beginning, but now I actually feel really at home here. And uh, my our first son was born here. His name's Calvin, and now he's one year old. And uh, I stay at home with him. But before he was born, I was a nanny and a babysitter, and um, at different points. And I also worked in a Montessori school for a couple of years. Um, I had uh, an interview there. And even though I didn't have any Montessori training, uh, we really clicked. The relationship was just great between me and the, uh, the administrators there. And so I got the job and worked in the toddler class, which is one of my favorite ages. Um, but also with after school kids who ranged from toddlers to about 10 years old. Um, and just that's really where my GP journey began. I kind of saw the practicality of it and how, um, yeah, as um, Janet Lansbury calls it, respectful parenting really plays out in such a cool 
cool way. Um, and uh, yeah, then when I met Corne, one of the first things that we talked about actually in regards to relationships and things and that we could and couldn't abide, um, one of the things that he mentioned not being able to, uh, that as being a deal breaker was spanking. And so I was really appreciative of him being so straightforward about that. Um, yeah, but that's kind of when it was more solidified for me as uh, he was straightforward and I kind of at that point needed to figure out, you know, where do I, where do I stand on this? Is it, you know, biblically okay to spank? Um, or, you know, as a lot of people believe it's the only way to raise your kids is with spanking. So I had a lot of digging to do there, but now here we are. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I love the, uh, I love how much Montessori and gentle parenting really complement each other. Oh, yeah. They really go hand in hand once you're, on board with one, I feel like it's not hard to make the jump to the other for sure. No, so. definitely not. Yeah. And uh, we also have a third co-host, Sam, and she is on maternity leave right now. Um, and we're super excited for her and her new little lamb um, and can't wait for her to be able to join us on the show. Yeah, well, we certainly miss her today, but... Uh... I envy those one-week-old baby snuggles, and uh, <laughs> we can't wait to have her join us as soon as she's back and ready to join. So yeah. um, for this first episode, we just wanted to give a general overview of what gentle parenting is. So Katie, what is gentle parenting? Well, uh, gentle parenting is the treating of children as worthy of the same respect as any other human, adult, and child alike. It includes the understanding that all humans, including children, have the right not to be harmed without cause. And that's um, without, um, you know, when you're not acting in self-defense. Uh, they have the right to their own bodies and their own property and their own emotions, uh, opinions, feelings, um, all that. As a parent, I am to steward those rights very carefully until I can see that they can handle bearing some of those responsibilities themselves. So that's it in a nutshell. I love that definition. And I think you wrote that yourself. Um, and I think it's just such a great foundational overview. Um, it's not exhaustive. And um, we will be going over, obviously, some more detail in future episodes. But I think it really just captures the heart and philosophy of gentle parenting. Yeah, and so much of gentle parenting is really wrapped up in the first statement that children are due respect because it can sound, this definition can sound a little bit, um, you know, uh, sterile. It's just about recognizing their rights. But um, the whole philosophy and the whole approach to parenting uh, is underpinned by those um, by that recognition, but some pillars of gentle parenting are connection and empathy, uh, guidance and teaching and healthy communication. And those things are all equally important, but you really can't have that without a foundation of recognizing um, the God-given rights of your uh, children as image bearers. Yeah, absolutely. I think so much of um, the actions that we, uh, take towards our children um, flow out of this basic understanding of their rights. So our day-to-day -day lives, 
you know, we may not be pondering on this definition all that time, but when we really embrace it, our actions towards our children, um, it really starts to define those. And so that's why I think it's important to kind of unpack this foundational understanding of these rights. Yeah, absolutely. So why don't we do that with the first line? Uh, I will go by line by line. And uh, the first line is the treating of children as worthy of the same respect as any other human, adult and child alike. Um, where that comes from is the Imago Dei, that our children are made in the image of God. Genesis 127 says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. And that is absolutely um, the foundation, uh, at least for me, and I know for you, Abby, of uh, gentle parenting. And um, there's just no way to get around the fundamental um, God-given rights that our children have if you, if you start from that place. Yeah, absolutely. When we start to see other people around us, and specifically as it relates to gentle parenting, our children as made in the image of God, um, as worthy of respect um, towards their person, both their heart and their mind and their body. Um, we really, I think it really uh, shapes how we treat them um, because they do, they are worthy of that respect um, just as every other human. And I think sometimes it's uh, easy in culture or culture kind of makes it easy to look down on children. Like they're not whole people because they're neurologically not as developed as an adult, um, but they are, they're a whole person. Um, and as Christians, we ought to extend that, extend that respect because of how we understand being made in the image of God. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I also really like how you, um, how you talk about specifically looking to God as our example of how we should treat our children um, and seeking to view them the way that he does. Yeah, um, there are a couple scriptures that I pulled um, because I really believe that God thinks that people are precious and he thinks that um, specifically our children are precious. Um, and that's a message that sometimes gets lost in some of the uh, vernacular that Christians use. Um, I know we've talked about um, the whole vipers and diapers thing, and, and there just seems to be a very low view of children in some Christian circles, but um, that's not how Jesus views our kids. And so I just want to read these. One is Matthew 18, 10. Um, see to it that you do not despise one of these little ones, for I tell you that their angels in heaven always see the face of my Father in heaven. And then the other one um, is Luke 9, 46 through 47. Whoever welcomes this little child in my name welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me, for it is the one who is least among you all who is the greatest. So we look to God as our example for how to treat children, and we see that God um, welcomes them and uh, views them as the greatest. You know, the least among you is the greatest. He really values them, even in their vulnerable and uh, kind of neurologically not as developed as an adult state. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think 
unfortunately, it's really common in evangelicalism to have to pay really good lip service to how we view our children and yeah. their blessings, and um, that um, you know we should have lots of children and that we should be fruitful and multiply and appealing to the creation mandate. And then, and also, you know, the uh, mandate to, um, to be fruitful and multiply and, and to look at large families as a good thing, whether you have three or eight children. And I love that. That's awesome. But I think, I think we can be really inconsistent in the way we, um, we apply that mentality. Uh, you know, I, I think that, some of the um, greatest proponents of having lots of lots of children and that they're huge blessings. And I know they love their children, but uh, I can see where they also um, fail to extend that view of their children's rights and the, their status as image bearers all the way down to, you know, don't, don't hit people and don't take their things. You know, yeah. the, the really right. foundational thing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think you're right. And like I said um, in my introduction that, you know, that's one thing that really struck Abe and I as we were um, bringing our first child into the world was just the kind of inconsistency there in a lot. I mean, a lot of, of evangelical popular media of, you know, uh, just like you said, paying lip service to how precious they are, but then the treatment of them just doesn't seem to line up with, with those words. Yeah, absolutely. So would you share that quote uh, from Jen Wilkin? That's just my favorite quote in the whole world. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. So Jen Wilkin, um, a popular women's teacher, will post the article in the show notes. But um, there's a quote I wanted to read from her. It says, few passages mention the parent-child relationship specifically, leading many to conclude that, for the most part, God must leave us to figure out this parenting thing on our own. An understandable conclusion, until we remember that children are people. Because if children are people, they are also our neighbors. This means that every scriptural imperative that speaks to loving our neighbor as we love ourselves suddenly comes to bear on how we parent. Every command to love preferentially at great cost, with great effort, and with godly wisdom becomes not just a command to love people, love the people in my workplace, or the people in my church, or the people at my hair salon, or the people on my street, or the people in the homeless shelter. It becomes a command to love the people under my own roof, no matter how small. If children are people, then our own children are our very closest neighbors. Yes, that is so good. <laughs> that is just so good. Yes, it really is. And it really boils back to this uh, Imago Dei. Like, they're made in the image of God. They are our closest neighbors. And um, one scripture that I kind of came across in light of this quote is Proverbs 3.29. It says, do not plot harm against your neighbor who lives trustfully near you. Um and so I think it kind of speaks to the intent and motive of the heart there. Do not plot harm. Um, don't have ill will kind of. And then who lives trustfully near you? And I thought, wow, who lives more trustfully near me than my own children? Yeah. Um, they trust me. They rely on me for everything. And they couldn't be any nearer, you know. So yeah. 
um, what an applicable scripture to parenting. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things that um, always really stands out to me when we think of other relationships, like other um, adult relationships, is that they are optional, that um, technically speaking, a husband can leave or a wife can leave if they need to, or a... um, a neighbor can move neighborhoods if it turns out that they need to. You know, the, these adult relationships, I can remove my friendship from someone's life if they're crossing my boundaries and will not stop. But yeah. um, our children cannot. They're yeah. born they, into our family. And I think uh, that uh, creates a much stronger imperative even to... Uh, treat them with kindness and respect. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're they're much more vulnerable and much more dependent um, yeah. than any other relationship, and so all the more reason to to extend that trust and uh, kindness to them. Yeah, for sure. Um, and another verse about that um, would be Matthew seven twelve. So in everything, do unto others what you would have them to do unto you. Uh, for this sums up the law and the prophets. So the golden rule, of course, is a really applicable one here. I think a lot of times we think of the golden rule, you know, we teach it to our kids to be kind to their friends um, or, you know, kind of use it. uh, Again, I think it's like a lip service thing, or maybe we really believe it, but um, don't really consider applying it to our kids. So I think that kind of brings it to a fresh new light. Yeah. And um, I think also sometimes that um, because we were raised with spanking ourselves and with certain um, boundaries of our own being pushed at such an impressionable age and being taught that this is the way you express um, love and that you express discipline, that even as adults, we do believe that we are treating them as we would want to be treated. That we would yeah. leave that, that we would we'd say, oh, yeah, well, if I knew as a child what I know now, then I would definitely want to be spanked. But I think that that's, um, um, I think that largely comes from, um, unfortunately, being conditioned to believe that uh, hitting means proper discipline. Right, exactly. Well, the next part of this definition uh, says that gentle parenting includes the understanding that all humans, including children, have the right to not be harmed without cause. Um, And and this kind of goes back to what we were talking about um, as far as being an an image bearer. um, Our authority as parents never, ever um, overrides a child's fundamental inherent rights as an image bearer. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think it's really important to remember that our authority in their lives is for a very short time. It's not even their entire life on earth. Um, and But their status as an image bearer goes on for eternity. They will yeah. always be an image bearer of God from the time that they are conceived until eternity. And uh, that in the grand scheme of things, that status is a much bigger deal. Um, and our authority is, of course, important, um, but it doesn't trump 
that status and it doesn't trump the rights that come scripturally um, with that status. Yeah, absolutely. And I think another really important thing to remember as we parent our children is that the ends don't justify the means. Yeah. Um, I think so many people, um, I hear so many times I was spanked and I turned out okay, or I fill in the blank and I was okay. Um, and we really have to assess the, um, discipline or, uh, I would say punishment is not a biblical idea, but we have to really assess, um, the way that we're treating our children biblically and say, even if they quote unquote, turn out okay, that doesn't make how we're treating them okay necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, people use that mentality a lot and it's just not really acceptable for Christians to, um, to use that as a justification because they may avoid consequences of sinful behavior as a consequence of avoiding a spanking, for example. And so you give them a spanking so that they avoid um, sinning in the way that you, you know, uh, or what you perceive as sin. Sometimes it's not actually. Um, And they avoid those consequences, the worst consequences of the, uh, the be bad behavior, but two wrongs don't make a right. So, right. Um, yeah. And if uh, you as a listener would like to learn more about why we believe spanking is not okay, we will definitely um, delve into that in future episodes, but we'll also put some um, content in the show notes page for you to do a little bit of investigating on your own. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so one of the so the next point in this definition that we have is that they have the right to their own bodies, their own property, and their own emotions. Um, and this is something that we will explore in greater depth in future episodes, for sure, because it's it's uh, really important as far as gentle parenting goes. Um, but it kind of goes back to what we were just talking about. The authority that God gives us as parents does not, entrump a ch- does not trump a child's inherent rights um, that they have as an image bearer, and that's the right to their body to be protected um, by their parents um, and to, as far as they're able to steward their own body, uh, make decisions about their bodies, um, their own property, and their own emotions. And the emotions um, thing is one that we talk about a lot in gentle parenting circles because um, a lot of times children's emotions are not considered valid. Um, they're told to just obey with a happy face um, and not really show their feelings in a way that we would perceive as disrespectful. I actually wrote a blog post on this that we will add to the show notes as well um, about when our children disagree with us and how the Bible actually doesn't outline um, the fact that children have to feel happy about discipline. It actually says the opposite. It says that discipline is painful for a time um, and it's okay to um, experience and express that pain uh, emotionally. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I know as an adult, it's hard for me to, you know, be happy about <laughs> about things. If I really want something and I know I can't have it, I'm still yeah. 
upset, you know, but it's, it's a lot easier for me to uh, express that at this point because I'm much further along developmentally than a five-year-old. Uh, yeah. So, you know, learned how to, how to cope, you know, through, through my own parents and just also as you, as you grow and you learn ways to deal with disappointments and things that the children yeah. don't have yet and they don't have the context to deal with, um, with, with what to them seems like really, really important, important things, but to us seems really small. Um, yeah, and I think that's um, one of the most important gifts we can give them is teaching them not to not feel things, but when they feel things, um, how to express those things in a way that is helpful to them um, and also productive um, to feeling better, to... Um, you know, having healthy relationships and things like that. But we never teach our children the correct way to handle their feelings when we just tell them to not handle them at all. Yeah, that is actually one of the things that um, uh, I find to be um, the most distasteful sometimes about, um, about punitive parenting and traditional parenting uh, methods is the expectation of immediate and cheerful obedience from our children. Yeah. Um, and I understand the, um, the intention behind that and, um, and the heart behind it, but it can so often just produce either rebellious kids who, who just don't rebellious, but defiant, you know, whatever, however you want to put it, kids that, that feel like, you know what, I'm not happy about this and I'm not going to pretend I'm happy about it. And it, the conflict yeah. rises or super compliant kids that put on a really good face, you yeah. know, oh, I'll be cheerful, even though inside they're seething at their parents and right. they, you know, get old enough to, um, to separate from their parents that they do oftentimes. Right. And I think so, I think a lot of times too, we do extend that respect to every other relationship in our lives. You know, I would never um, tell my husband to just put on a happy face when he is disappointed at something about work or something like that. I would never expect him to just put on a happy face about it and, and comply and deal, you know, like you, that's just silly. We would never expect that from our spouses or our friends. Um, we weep with those who weep, you know, the Bible commands us to be empathetic and compassionate towards people. Um, but a lot of times our children aren't treated with even the same regard. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So um, to wrap up here, the last line of this definition is as a parent, I am to steward these rights very carefully until I can see that my children can handle bearing these responsibilities themselves. And I think what that uh, looks like oftentimes is, you know, we give a little responsibility to our children, but in, um, in a lot of ways, we make decisions for them. And that's okay. You know, gentle parenting does recognize the authority that we have in our children's lives. Yeah. Um, it's really important, not only to be biblically sound, but also for their sake, they can't handle a lot of the decisions that we can as adults. They're not developmentally ready. It's overwhelming. It's scary for them. And uh, it's important for us to uh, handle 
their bodies and their property and their emotions carefully um, and giving them responsibility where, where we can. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, there's no question that the Bible has given us as parents authority over our children. Right. Um, but, but there's also no question that God has pretty strong um, desires and commands for how we wield that authority. Um, and I think it's very easy sometimes to just say blanket. I have the authority as the parent without qualification, but God actually does give us qualification. Um, and you know, we're to be gentle and kind to our children to, as we've established, treat them as fellow image bearers to not exasperate them to anger. Um, and so we do have these specific commands about how, we use our authority in regard to our children. We learn in scripture about other kinds of authority too, as far as the government um, and a husband and a parent. That's We look to scripture for those kinds of authority structures. Now we may have nuanced interpretations of those things, mm-hmm. um, but scripture does lay the groundwork for how we are to use our God-given authority. Yeah. For sure. And I think that that's kind of sometimes where we can get into the weeds a little bit with people is, um, is in those nuances Um, and what, what authority looks like. The thing is, is that I often will get into discussions with people and we will talk about philosophy and we'll talk uh, the philosophy of parenting and we'll talk about the grand idea, the, you know, the grand scheme and the big ideas and that, parents should have authority and we establish these things. But then when it comes down to practically and they've already said that they believe in respecting their children, but then they're removing their bed beds from their bedroom at four years old as a type yeah. of punishment. And, and when we get into the practical day by day, you have to ask, is this what the Bible means by, you know, being kind to your neighbors are treating your neighbors the way you would want to be treated, you know, and and that's an actual example from um, an interaction on Facebook is uh, a mother removing the bed from the bedroom of her four-year-old, you know, these things. And there are plenty more examples where that comes from. And, um, and that's just, yeah, it, it just is really, something that I hope we can, um, we can change that, 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 that perception that that is okay. Yeah. Um, I think it's important to remember that that's, you know, that these aren't out there examples that this is, you know, it, it actually happens. And, um, sometimes it happens in the homes of well-intentioned, well-intentioned parents who just don't know better. Um, but you know, you know better and you do better. So let's know better and let's do better. Right. (laughs) Definitely. Yeah. So um, I think that's a really good place to close this. If you would like to hear more, uh, you are certainly welcome. And we would love to have you in our Facebook group at uh, the Tending Lambs Community Group. Uh, We are also online. Our website is tendinglambs.com, and that's where you'll also find the show notes page. 
And uh, please also follow our Facebook page for more content and fun graphics and uh, other gentle parenting resources at facebook.com slash tendinglambs. Until next time. I think that was great. Oh, wait, crap. Cancel. Don't say crap. <laughs> <laughs> I